You sure you really want to hear how I got into this business? Not really, but. You know, I got to tell you, you make your, you make your people feel so loved. Pepper, you got, we got, we got to keep it real. David Pepper, thank you for joining me today. Chief Development Officer of Choice Hotels. Big title. It sounds fancy, doesn't it? Are you still just the Chief Development Officer? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people would like to have this job. <laughs> like your son? I was like, name two, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a couple other people might want this job. It's yeah, a it's title. a big title. Yeah. How long yeah. you been in that role, sir? How about, I've been with this company, I just hit 21 years. That is that no one does that anymore. You didn't get no. that. Much. No, no. Yeah. Well, that's the loyalty years. that you have loyalty. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, it's nice. It's like, uh, it's kind of a family business too. You know, it's yep. like 40% of the business is almost 40% of the business is owned by the Bainham family. Yep. So they take good care of their people. So it's been a, it's been a really nice run here. Uh, you know, that's well said we're biased on family businesses, but, uh, and they're lucky to have you, you know, it. they know it. That's why it works. When you get a nice yeah. marriage that way, they're lucky to have you. I, I appreciate that. There's your but, butter up. There you go. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I, I thought it's nice for you to be nice to me for about that long. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now we're over. All right. Yeah. So uh, here's what I want to do today. Uh, thanks for coming on, by the way. Thanks for joining. Um, I uh, I want to talk about sort of the industry. I want to talk about Radisson and your acquisition there. Um, uh, maybe a little bit about how you're using your balance sheet to grow stuff. I like to talk about the economy extended stay. You guys are very active there and that's a hot segment. Yep. Um, and then we'll have some fun along the way in between. Sounds great. Um, and, but first, as always, I got to know who is David Pepper and how did he get into this crazy business? I, it's a crazy story. Let's hear. Can't wait. Glad story. I asked. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, well, you know, Mike Levin. Yeah. Mike Levin, you know, for people who don't, the icon in the industry has been around forever. So I went to college with his son, with John oh. Levin, and I thought I was going to be an investment banker. And so he, John, Mike Levin came, hired Steve Romanello. Wait, where'd you friends. go to school? Where'd you go to college? Tufts University. Tufts. Yeah, knew it. I was Harvard, but. Well, you know, we're Harvard reject. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so hired a, a buddy of mine, Steve Romanello, and, and, yeah. uh, he, uh, I saw, you know, I went to go visit Steve. He's like, you know, you should sell franchises. You got the personality for it. So uh, this is back when when Mike Levin was president of Days In. Oh, yeah. And so so I interviewed with Days In. Mike Levin had just left, actually. He 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 went on. Um, he was about to go take over Holiday Inn. So I interviewed with Days In. I got a job. Uh, and the, I'm the youngest of seven. Grew Thank up in you. Philadelphia. Thank you. That's and, why. And, uh the day before I'm supposed to move to Atlanta to work for days in, I got the call and uh, the bondholders came in. They were really sorry, but I was the first one to go. So <laughs> lost my job. I had before a you family, you know, big going away party, crying. I was the first one to leave Philly to go to Atlanta, called up Romanello, said some choice words. Uh, and uh, this is back in 1990. And so he was like, look, it's a better job market here than in Atlanta, then Philly. So my bags were packed. I just left, just got my car, drove all the way down 95, went to Atlanta and lived on Romanello's couch. Uh, and first person was Mike Levin. 
and he had just become president of Holiday Inn. And he uh, he got me an interview. I went and interviewed, and they said, "Great, we'd love to hire you for franchise sales. We're we're gonna have all these jobs in Chicago and Dallas and New York and L.A." I was like, "Great," but they can't hire me for six months because Bass Beer just bought Holiday Inn. Oh yeah. And so, but they saw my resume. Very smart of me. Put on conversational Spanish. So they said, look, we can't hire you for the U.S. today, but we can hire you for Mexico. Say some in Spanish. Que uh, bueno. Tiene un buen día. So, yeah. So I was going to wait for Face six up. months. I, was, I didn't want to go to Mexico. I know I was the most Mexican looking of the group. Sure, obviously. Yeah. And, and Mike Levin invited me over for dinner. I was going to tell him no, that I was going to wait for the six months. And uh, he goes, uh, I understand we offered you the Mexico job. And I was like, yeah. He said, I, I wanted my son to have that job. But there's a nepotism rule, and I couldn't hire him. He goes, this was back when NAFTA was just signed. Yeah. He was like, this is you. Know, this is the greatest opportunity in the world for you, Pep. You're going to learn Spanish. You're going to learn business. Every company in the world is going to want you to, to, you know, to work for them. When do you start? And I said, next week. <laughs> That's a yeah. Moved to Mexico. That was my first job in the hotel business. Was uh, selling franchises for Holiday Inn in Mexico City. Way to hold strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was did that for a year, and then they finally gave me my first. Then they made me really train. I went to Dallas. So your first job, you're literally moving in Mexico City. I moved to Mexico City. There was supposed to be a vice president to train me on sales, Spanish, and the hotel business, and he didn't show up for six months. <laughs> Like I said, eventually I finally got my first territory I, uh, in Seattle, covered Western Canada, did Philly, um, and then U.S. franchise started. Mike Levin took a bunch of us. Yeah. U.S. franchise yep. went back to Dallas, Denver, Chicago, Atlanta, and then Choice came calling, and now I'm in D.C. What did they? What did Choice? What was your job at Choice? What was their recruit for what position? So uh, for. They wanted someone to come in and write the brand strategies. I actually worked in strategy for the first six months. Ooh. Wrote the brand strategies for for choice and then wrote a whole development strategy. You need to have a good brand strategy to have a good development strategy. Yeah. And so uh, so then wrote the development strategy. And I said, you know, well, with this new structure and whole new organization, new compensation plan. And I put myself right at top. And they're like, ah, we're not ready to give you all of it. So they gave me half of it. Uh, and so I ran half of Choices Development for about two years. And after two years, uh, they may be the chief development officer. So I've been doing this for 19 years, I guess. I mean, that's nuts. So yeah. uh, how's the how has the industry changed in 19 years? I mean, since your job obviously hasn't. Well, I get to speak English. Uh, no, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's changed a lot. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, when we first started, I mean, you, you you've been around a while as well. I mean, that franchisor franchisee relationship was so different. You know, it was back when the hotel, exactly, exactly. And, and so I think now that all the companies have gone asset light, yeah. Uh, you know, now it's if the franchisees don't make money, uh, we're not going to do well. They're not going to buy more franchises. Right. They're not going to grow. We're not going to do well. So I think the relationship has gotten a lot better uh, through, through, um, through the years. The other one is, Really interesting and kind of like what we talked about at one time was seeing the second generation take yeah. over. 
Love that. Uh, you know, that first generation came in, built this business up. Uh, it wasn't a very mature business. Remember, everybody, well, you're a broker. Everything was three times revenue. Yeah. I'll buy. Uh, right. It was two-time buyer, four-time seller. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Well, it ended up being three. So it was, so now you're seeing a mature business, seeing, seeing like what, what you and Lee have done with your company, seeing like what Mitch Shaw, you know, other people you've interviewed, Mitch Shaw taking what his dad's business, um, Neil and Jay Shaw, what they did with Hersha. Yeah. Ray Rains with his dad's business. It's really been amazing to watch that and how mature the business has become. And with maturity, all the institutional capital that has come in. Yep. It's such more sophisticated business. Uh, it, it's it, it's a real real estate business now, where before it was like a real hotel operations kind of business. Yeah, it was uh, individuals. There was no very little. I mean, the institutional money was in you know, New York and San Francisco and Ritz Carlton's and Marriott's full service. There was no select service. That didn't exist. No. And it was all mom and pop. All mom and pop. Right. Yeah. And so and I, again, being nostalgic, but I remember the first generation guys coming over with my father and they're like, we're here and there's a lot more of us coming. <laughs> right. Right. And to see what their kids have done has just been, I, I first of all, it's the greatest American dream story. Amen. Uh, with what the Asian Indians have come over and what they've done. Um, I think it's just fantastic. And then now seeing the second generation and what, what that generation has done, I think it's just incredible. And so I think it's a great story for, it's a great American dream story. It's just a great, it's a great story for the business. I, we wouldn't be where we are right without it. Right. And it's, and I agree with you. I'm going to echo. It's been fun. I, you know, Mitch at Vision and and Peter Revpar, just all of our, I, I'm going to keep going. Mitch Shaw and even the, even the franchise got Chip Olson. Right. I mean, we were all sort of coming up to John Sturgis. I'm going way throwback. Like, yeah. like there was, it's, there's it's like, a relation. It's still, but it's still that relationship business. It is. is but it's, it, it is great. But even with our customers, it's still great relationships. It still is a lot. Of, look, a lot of things we do are very similar. A lot of the brands, some of them could be similar. And it really does come down to relationships as well. And so it's still that relationship business. And again, I think that's why I've been able to stay a long time is, is um you know we've built these long relationships with people uh and that really is really successful for the company and for and for the owners do do what you say say what you do be honest it's not about i think we've all learned right before it was when we were starting out it was about one deal i gotta make this one deal if i don't make this one deal everything's gonna end yeah I, 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 i'll do whatever i can to get this deal done where now it's you know let's step back what's right for the customer right you know let's let's really be more consultive uh and you know, when you tell them not to do your brand and do somebody else's, they'll come back and do yours when you tell them to do it. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So, so some of the business questions, again, that I, I'm I'm just fascinated. And if you want to go a different direction, we can. But I, I'm fascinated by the Radisson merger acquisition that you've done. You guys have done some smart stuff. Um, you really have. And you've led a lot of these, right? Wood Springs and some of the others. I want to get into those. But you've led a lot of those. My question is, is, Sort of tell me about the deal, but really, are are you happy you did them? How's the merger and integration done? Is it was it worth it? Was it the right decision? What's well, been a year since we did the Radisson? Yeah, so it was actually it's it was last summer, so it's been it's been a year. Uh, look, it's really put us in a great competitive spot um, for really great growth. Um, look, the acquisition of Radisson gave us thirty thousand more upscale rooms, uh, so now I have eighty thousand upscale rooms. So it really made us a real challenger into the upscale segment. We're already leaders in the extended stay segment. We're already really strong in the mid-scale and economy. 
but this is really taking us to another level uh, in the upscale business uh, as well. So we're really, really excited about it. We just, it took us one year and we completed the integration. It's not fully integrated, but we've now, they're now on the choicehotels.com. Uh, Radisson's fully on there. We start booking rooms. We start uh, with the with the loyalty program integration. Uh, we are already starting to sell franchises. We're already opened up. We just opened up a Radisson Blue up in Vancouver, uh, a couple of in Latin America. So it's really been a great um, great acquisition for us. We're really focused more on kind of like three brands: Radisson Blue, Radisson, and Country. Right now, we really think Country has got some real legs to it as well. It yep. really competes well with Holland Express and Hampton. It's a really good. It's 450 hotels, but it's very consistent. A lot of open opportunities for us. Uh, so we think there's a lot of opportunity there. And we're looking at potentially launching Park Inn next year, uh, which would be kind of a more of a like a lower mid-scale conversion brand as yep. well. Relaunching it. Um, uh, how many brands then does that give you now? So really uh, 22. 20. 22 brands. Yes. 20. Brief. You franchise companies. Well, we try and keep them very well segmented, though. Sure you do. Sure you do. Right right next to you. We would never do that. Exactly. We're we're being very uh, cautious and we're being very strategic. And we do. We really do want to separate these brands. And we're trying not to overload in certain segments. Uh, We really, you know, there might be some overlap, but some of those are more about conversion and new construction. So it's it's giving owners different opportunities to grow. Pardon my ignorance. With the Radisson, did you get all the European stuff? How much of the? No, so we just bought. Uh, we just bought the uh, the Western Hemisphere, so kind of Canada all the way down uh, to South America. That's right. I'm, I listen, and I mean seriously, I'm excited to see what you do with it, right? Because I think it's going to take someone like you, and you know, ignore Pat, Patius, and the gang. We know it's all David Pepper. We understand. Uh, no, no, no. I, I am just a. I'm like I said. Like I said, brand strategies need to be done. I'm just the executor of brand strategies. You're gonna. Uh, but we, uh, it, no, it, look, it, it does. It really makes us, a, if you hear our, our earnings call, we always talk about the hotels that we're bringing into the system. They bring in twice as much royalties as what's leaving our system. And so we're really focused more on that upscale space, kind of moving more of that upper mid-scale, going into upscale. And now even with Radisson Blue, going into upper upscale. And drill down on that. Is that because they're newer and maybe even bigger? And so they make more and therefore it's more to more fees for you guys as well? Well, I think it's also, yeah, right. Because as we grow the Radisson brand, yeah. as we grow Radisson Blue, as we go country in, yeah, the, the, those are higher revenue, uh, intense brands. Uh, right. They are Conologes or Roadways. Right. Uh, you know, they're higher ADRs, bigger boxes, more revenue. Okay. So now I want to talk about your balance sheet because I've been impressed with how you've grown the company. Cambria is what I can think of, but I know there are others. And I know everyone sort of does key money and the like, but I feel like you guys came at it from a different, even like debt um, on assets. I mean, I think that was, I think that was very unique, but also very important. And I thought it was a great idea. I'd love to hear your opinion. How do we get a new brand and a new build brand out of the ground? We need to put our balance sheet in here. Um, talk to me about that because I thought that yeah, was- Yeah, so we, we did that really well with Cambria when we first launched the brand. Yeah. We went out and built a couple of ourselves. Um, and then what's great about it is that we knew we we're building the right locations that we know we'd be able to sell them yep. uh, and recycle our capital, uh, which the shareholders love. And also we love, and then we go out and take that money and we go out and build more hotels and then sell them off. Uh, we use our balance sheet where we we would do some MES lending 
Uh, we did maybe one first mortgage uh, as well. So we really put our balance sheet to use to, to really make sure that we got the best owners, best operators, and the best locations for these cameras to really launch it. And we're seeing it now. I mean, we just won the JD Power, uh, you know, for 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 best upscale brand uh, this year. So it's it's really paying off. And now, uh, look, we didn't have to do it. We bought Woodspring. There was already two hundred. It's the brand does phenomenally well. But now we're starting to take that capital and we're starting to put it to use with with Everhome. Thank you. Uh, we're actually building a bunch of Everhomes. We already have multiple people that want to take us out. Uh, so again, we'll recycle the capital, but we're going to build, we've done enough research. We know where to go. We want the best locations that are really going to prove out the brand. Uh, and then again, we're going to build probably 10 or so of those, and then we'll recycle the capital. We'll sell those and recycle the capital. Uh, and then now with Radisson Blue launching, we're probably going to use the balance sheet there as well. Um, I don't, I mean, I would love to ask you as well, but we're seeing real opportunity going forward of, look, chase the money, right? Right now, it's really tough. It's, you know, interest rates are high, lending's environment's tough. Where's the money? Extend it, stay. And potentially, and love to ask you, is seeing some real acquisition opportunities that are going to come out. We're starting to see a couple of hotels, especially big boxes um, in urban locations. We see a real opportunity for us for Radisson and Radisson Blue in those locations. Right. Uh, and for us to grow uh, and give a real different story going forward. All right, super. So now we're going to drill up because one, I'm going to call you, but um, I'm assuming you're going to have your select group of franchisees that you're going to figure out who's already bought in to the brand and the different markets so that you can narrow that down very quickly and be like, all right, we'll, we'll go in with, here's the partner we're going to pick on these T we'd love to pick up these boxes and help us grow the, the, the brand. Strategy. I'm right to you. Say T what do you got for sale? Go uh, I've got a buyer and you're right. We'll probably use our balance sheet or key money or, or combination or one or the other. Uh, so we can really have a great story for the developer of, look, here's an asset. It's going back to the bank or it's going for sale. The bank needs a story, right? And so here's an opportunity to, to you know, choice is going to help out with the conversion cost or or be a partner in the deal. We'll go out, we'll grow Radisson Blue or Radisson. Um, the bank is going to want, it, it, look, here's an opportunity where here, we could be the brand with the only brand in this location. You know, let's face it, some of our competitors own 70% of the market. That's all around you. So now here's an opportunity. I got capital from Choice. I can buy this asset right. Uh, Choice is going to help me with the conversion. And then now I'm going to be the only Radisson that's sitting there in this in this location and not compete with anybody else on the reservation system. So we see a real opportunity for us with Radisson going forward. And so we're we're really excited about this, this, this acquisition that we made. I good for you. That that was my question. Are you happy that you did it? And you're like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. It's gonna be great. And not only that, not just us happy, but the the owners. I mean, the Radis, the existing Radisson, the country and owners have been really excited since we've already been, I mean, it's been a year now that we're already getting them on our systems. What they're already seeing is the conversion rates on the website already going through the roof. They're seeing more revenue, they're seeing cost reductions. You know, we've got better, better fees for them, better, um, better negotiated fees for them. So they're seeing a real cost reduction at their hotels. So the existing owners are, are before we even get into franchising, the existing owners are the ones that are really happy about this as well. Yeah, I, I, I you guys are, uh, um, they were, they were tripping, tripping and stumbling over there for a little while. So now they got some uh, synergies and some stability behind them and you guys can yeah, I'd be happy if I were a franchisee too. Yeah, the, you know, look, I I feel badly. They went through a lot of changes 
Uh, before the acquisition, there was a lot of, you know, change in ownership and change in leadership. Uh, and I think we get on with a company like Choice where, you know, you get the Bainhams that have owned the company for over 70 years. And, you know, Pat has been with the company for 15 years. They get a little bit more stability. You know, myself for 21 years, it's uh, a little bit more stability for the owners. A little bit, a little bit. No, I, I think it's good for everybody. Uh, all right. I want to talk about the hot topic. So wait, you know what? I got to back up. My answer to you is yes. Some of those big boxes are what's coming available. Urban big boxes is what's coming. So I think I agree with you in your. So you're going to call me. I'll call you. First, first call. Promise. Thank you. Thank you. The other hot topic in the world today is this extended stay. Everyone is all over it. Really in that economy, even sort of workforce housing, everyone is diving in. Everybody's trying to, to uh, build, grow. All the franchisors are coming up with new brands. Everyone's announced a new brand in the space. Uh, you guys were sort of the, I won't say OGs, but with Woodspring, that was sort of the one that everybody can point to and touch that was incredibly successful, right? And back bought by Blackstone, bought by Brookfield. So leaned in by institutions. So yep. seal approval, really good cash flow business models. Talk to me about that space because it's so uh, such a topic these days. Well, first of all, we shouldn't have told anybody. You're correct. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, everybody's it. Look, I, I think a lot of people are coming in, but they're mostly going mid scale, uh, where Wood Springs really more the the really the only economy extended state that's done well. Look, what you want out of any brand, if you're a developer, there's three things you want. You want a proven prototype that's cost effective. I mean, Wood Spring is we've got this thing down where people are building in 12 months or less as well. Proven operating model is number two. I mean, the Wood Spring, the brand runs, as a brand runs at close to 80% occupancy. Yeah. And on average, the hotels are running 60% GOPs. 60. Yeah. 60, right? So you got the proven prototype, proven operating model. And the third thing any developer wants is a proven exit. And Wood Spring's definitely you know, proven that exit where not just institutional capital, but now cap rates that are going somewhere between hotel and, you know, multifamily. So really much lower cap rate, really great return on investment proposition for developers. That's why everybody's interested. They saw Woodspring, they saw that model, and they saw those three things. Now, if everybody else can replicate that, good luck. It takes a lot of work um, and a lot of dedicated resources. Okay, so a bunch of questions here. One, what do you think it costs to build these? What are you guys estimating? My number is 120K. So I jump went first. What do you think? Land all in FF and E open. We're talking about Woodspring. Woodspring, yes. Woodspring, yeah. You're talking about 100 to 120. Yeah, I agree. So the question is, is can you sell it for more than that on a cap rate? And 130, fine, but 160, like where do we start getting out of the? Yeah. So what you're seeing though is the newer hotels are opening. The the average rates are much higher as well. So you're you're seeing as much as the cost has gone up, so is the rent part. Okay. Uh, so, so it is matching a bit there. So we're still seeing a lot of, they're still penciling like every one of these developers, especially all of my institutional developers, because it was really smart. Woodspring sold them as area rights. So most of our owners own five to 20 of these. They Correct. all want 20 return. Correct. Correct. Um, I was like, you know, with these interest rates, you might want to maybe look at a 14, uh, but no, but they still like, you know, they still are looking for those 20 returns. And so these things still pencil. We still have the developers lining up to build wood springs. Lining up great. institutional developers, partnering up with sort of local developers. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then, so then 
Now what you're seeing is everybody's gone into the mid-scale space. Yes. And so that's why we're building out the we're building the first 10. We want to prove out the oper- we want to prove out the prototype. We want to prove out the operating model as well. In, and we're in, already seeing, I'm sorry, with Everhome. So compare Everhome to Woodspring. Probably 20 to 25% more to build. And uh the same with the with the average rate, at least. Uh, we're actually seeing it a little bit higher with the ADR. We're actually seeing about 40% higher um in in actually even higher uh with with the uh with the adrs so again wood spring you're probably looking at 30 plus nights i mean they're real true extended stay uh and a lot that are six months yeah you know you allow that three month to six months uh ever home you're still gonna have that big extended stay but you're gonna probably do a little bit more transient you might be a shorter uh, extended stay window so you really have to have your operating model down because that, that's the whole point is that you want those GOPs. Yes. So you got to make sure you do the right extended stay occupancy in these mid-scale brands uh, with with a little bit of transit. So you keep that rates high uh, because to justify the cost. Right. Uh, and then I think we're, we're going to prove that out. So go with me. How important do you think in this extended stay model, certainly in the economy, but okay, I can see more in the mid-scale. But honestly, how important is brand in that extended stay model. If I'm just building an apartment, why am I branding an apartment? If I'm yep. building workforce housing, why am I branding workforce housing? No, it's, it's a great question because a lot of people do ask that. And, and so, look, if you're going to go out and do this, so you need a property management system. You still need some, you need .com. You need a website. You still need some sort of delivery. You still need your channel distributions that you need to be hooked up to different channels. This is, you need global sales. Someone needs to go out and do corporate sales. It's not just the local business, but there's also corporate sales as well. Someone's got to do training for all these people. There's a lot of different, you know, a lot of things in this in this sauce to make these things successful. Uh, and so a brand still is that is is very necessary in these in these extended stay hotels. And again, we're seeing that by our developers. They don't build one, they don't build three, they build five to twenty. And they see the value of the brand, uh, and 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 they're seeing it with the exit as well. Hold the five twenty because they want that portfolio exit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then look, it's also it also. What do you think the you know the interest rate would be if you're going to build an independent extended stay hotel versus a branded extended stay hotel? You know, will you get more leverage? Will you get lower interest rate? So there's there's all there's still a lot of benefits still with 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 the brands. All right, so give me your industry outlook, and is this, and is this again, do you think these extended stays where everyone's going to be, is that going to be the hot segment or is there, what do you, give me else, what else you see? Yeah, I, I look, I, I think extended stay is still very hot. There's still plenty of markets that are open. Um, I think it's speed is going to be, uh, is, is going to be very important. Who's going to get there first. Yeah. Uh, because you're not going to want, this is not, uh, um, you know, a limited service market where you have five limited service hotels at the corner. Right. So you're going to want to be first in. That's why speed's really important. You want to be the first, you know, one or two uh, in this economy, um, economy extended stay. So yeah, that's still going to be hot. I, I, you know, again, like we talked about earlier, I think there's going to be some acquisitions coming out. I think there's, uh, you know, look, 19 of our 22 brands do conversions. So choice is still really well positioned to go out and do a lot of conversions. I think that's going to be the game here, I think for the next year or so, new construction is going to be muted, right? We know it's going to be one and a half percent for the next year or two. So 
everyone's going to be looking at you, Teague, of what's for sale. We, uh, so are we, so are we. <laughs> I mean, unless we feel the volume coming for what it's worth. The volume is coming. It's still tough. There's a, there's a bit ass spread. Uh, I, although it's narrower than it's been, people understand value today. They understand values down. They understand that. Right. It's, do I, as a, as an owner, want to sell today or do I want to hang on? Right. right. What am I hanging on to and how long is that going to take? And what am I going to have in between now and then? Or do yeah. I want to? Yeah. So we're, we're again, so we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that, you know, our conversion activity is really picking up. We're, we're up over last year. Uh, so we're seeing the transactions starting to starting to happen. Uh, so so, yeah, so we're still see that. And then again, look, there's still smaller markets. People still don't talk about those tertiary markets and those, you know, outside markets where there's still there's still growth. Uh, look, we're following a lot of things. Look, Biden's, you know, this Inflation Reduction Act, um, you know, there's a lot of EV places being built, you know, batteries, uh, factories being built, chips. Uh, manufacturers, uh, those factories are being built. So there's there's still new locations that are popping up uh, that still, you know, which we still do great with comfort and sleep um, and country in now uh, for for new, for still doing mid-scale uh, new construction as well. Yeah, there's the infrastructure package. There's still a lot of money out there trying to, that's part of why the economy keeps going, which is why they got to keep raising interest rates, which is why snowball. Yeah. Right. So, so we look. We feel like we're still in a good spot. There's still a lot of things happening, but yeah, the darlings right now still is extended stay, and we probably think it's full service conversions going forward. All right, uh, I love it. You're a good man for coming on. When, when are you get in promotion? I'm curious. Curious. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me when I'm going to re go in and retire. Oh, when are you going to retire? I, mean, I still got a couple. I still got a couple years left. I, it's, it's too much fun. I know we're never we never retire. I keep watching the guys above us, and they're not. They never leave. So I think we're never leaving. I still get to hang out with you. It's great. Oh, it's the best. All right. Give yes. me some advice for some young people out there. The college students watching you. What advice you got? Uh, my advice is listen. Just listen. Take it in. Uh, there is so great about this business. Yourself, whether it's me, there's all these people. We all want to help each other. It's still the hospitality business. We really do. We want to train people up. Uh, this is why it's important to get back into the office. Uh, it's, it, it's, you know, there's a lot to be learned from other people. And, uh, so I, I just think, yeah, go out, ask questions. I always tell my son this too. It's like, you know, you, you know, when you're really confident, when you, when you ask a question of something you don't know. Uh, and so it's, it's not being embarrassed, ask, ask what's happening. And, and so I think that's really important for, for the next generation is just keep asking questions and, and, and watching people. Stage advice from David Pepper. Although all the kids rolled their eyes. They were like, whatever. We've heard that. I know. I guess watching on YouTube. <laughs> TikTok. All right, good. Who's Tufts play this weekend? Big game against Trinity? Powerhouse? What are we what are we talking uh, about? You know, I played lacrosse at Tufts. So, I, you know, I haven't really – I haven't followed the the uh, football team that as much. But, uh, yeah, we're a national champion, you know, lacrosse team. We've, oh, of course they are because they're yeah. David Pepper. Yes. Yeah. Uh, foundation. Foundation. Foundation, your foundation building person. Right. Uh, all right, good. Uh, favorite conference, by the way, out the door? Uh, love the Hunter Conference. That, we, always, I, we always get so much out of the Hunter Conference. Pluck. Yeah, I mean, good good answer. Uh, you're a good man. Let's do this again. I can't wait till I see you next. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it.